She came from a place called Nazareth, a place that the Jewish people avoided because there was a Roman garrison stationed there in Nazareth. And if you know there was a garrison, you know there were soldiers. And if you know there were soldiers, how many of you remember going to Second Mile? And most of us don't want to go to Second Mile with the Romans, so they avoided that place. Mary, she was not a prophet, she was not a priest, she was not a worker in the temple. There were young ladies who spent their entire life in the temple praying that they would be the one to give birth to the Messiah. Mary was simply at home in Nazareth planning the details for her final part of her wedding. Nobody was more shocked that God wanted to use her than she was. And yet here she is. And God sends the angel Gabriel to her. First of all, to see an angel was frightening enough, but to hear the word, Greetings! You who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Now what if somebody showed up in your garage and said that to you? <laughs> Some of y'all got a round one way as you run down the street. That must have been pretty overwhelming. And then this angel explains to Mary that she is going to have a son who is going to become the savior of the world. He will be called great and called the son of the most high God. The Lord is going to give him the throne of David and his kingdom will never end. And Mary says, that's all nice and dandy, but this cannot happen. I am a virgin. I don't know how y'all get uh, pregnant in heaven, but that's not how it happens down here on earth. And the angel explains to her, no problem. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, so the one born upon to you is going to be called the Son of God. Nothing is impossible with God. Mary is receiving a call that's coming at a price. Every call from God comes with a price. And the cost is usually obedience and sacrifice. You cannot follow Jesus without obedience and sacrifice. For Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. That tells me that there's going to be times I'm not going to want to love Jesus. Because I'm not going to want to keep his commandments. Now think about what it is God is asking Mary to do. You see, at the time, Mary and Joseph, they are almost married. At this time, when you got married, there would be a year-long engagement period. And during that time, this engagement period, it was a real engagement period. You know how today folks are my day engaged for the last 22 years? No, this one only lasted a year. And during that year, you couldn't break the engagement without getting a divorce. 
stone floor. He was asking her to risk feeling lonely and isolated from others with only God knowing what's truly happening inside of her. You know what? Mary knew this was coming at a price. Antonio, I want you to know that your call into ministry is going to come at a personal price. It's going to put you at odds with some, some of your friends. You see, you cannot rise up closer to God without leaving some things behind. And sometimes you have to leave some people behind. Some of them are going to walk away from you, and some of them God are going to tell you, you got to walk away from them. Jesus warns every believer that the cost of following him is high. He put it this way. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their lives will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose their soul? You know, Mary considered the cost and she still chose to put her trust and confidence in God. I think the words that stuck with her most was that she had God's favor and that God, the Lord, was going to be with her. I want us all to know there is nothing greater than having God's favor upon our lives. Because you never know what God is going to do next. Mary made her choice. Knowing that her life was never going to quite be the same again. After the angel told her that nothing is impossible with God, she said, I am the Lord's servant. Yes, yes, yes. May it be to me as you have said. Yes. Now in her statement, Mary recognized something that many of us do not. She recognized that all of us are serving somebody or something. She made her declaration to be the Lord's servant. My friends, what does your life say about whose servant you are today? Are you serving yourself? Are you in charge of you? I mean, you know, it's kind of dangerous to be in that position. Can you really guarantee what is going, what tomorrow is going to bring into your life? Are you ready for those things you cannot control? Let me tell you, when I went downstairs on Tuesday morning into the basement, just as happy as I could be, I had no idea I was going to be crying, trying to crawl back up the steps, coming back out of there. Are you serving your career? You see, when you serve a career, you tend to miss out on relationships um, in life because the career can demand us to make sacrifices that we may later regret. Amen. If we've made ourselves servants of money and wealth, the Bible tells us whoever loves money will never have enough. If we make ourselves servants of sin and addictions, they can only promise us trouble and death. None of these things will ever be as distracted as God's favor. I want us to see we can learn several things from God's call to Mary and how she responded. First of all, Mary allowed God to protect
produce within her patience. Any of you want some patience this morning? Yeah. <laughs> May God give it to you in 15 minutes. in the community with her head 
held high? She was there in the temple when Jesus was presented at the time of his birth. She was there in the temple when Jesus was 12 years old. You know, when Jesus one time was preaching a sermon and he was teaching uh, some of the religious leaders, there were those there that tried to discredit Jesus based on what his mother had done years ago. Jesus had told them, you are not children of God. And the leaders responded, we are not illegitimate children. Many commentators believe when they said that, they were reminding Jesus, hey brother, you ain't got nothing on us. We, we, know, we know where you came from. <laughs> Mary was courageous enough to be there at the cross when Jesus was hanging there. I can imagine when she looked up and saw her son on that cross, this was not what she had in mind when she said yes to the call of God in her life. You know, it's one thing to imagine your child being the savior of the world. It's quite a different thing to look up and see him with nails in his hands and nails in his feet and blood running down his face and a crown of thorns wrapped around his head and his body lacerated from a beating by the whip. All she saw in the natural was a, a bloody mess of a man hanging on a cross looking nothing like the young man who she had had in her home for so many years. Can you imagine your child being beaten almost beyond facial recognition? Mary was there at the cross that day when the sky turned black from 12 to 3 that afternoon. And I know if I had been her, I would have been angry at what they was doing to my child. I would have felt like, oh, I just want to get at him. But she was there when she heard her son cry out, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Did her son really want God to forgive his tormentors? Then must she also forgive them? She watched Jesus as he talked to the two thieves on the cross. She heard him say something to one of them about today you will be with me in paradise. She watched when he was able to lift his swollen eyelids and look down at her stop hearing him say woman behold your son she was there to hear him say it is finished father into thy hands I commit my spirit and then when he hung his head and he died she was there when the soldier goes and takes a spear and jabs it into his side and out comes this rush of blood and water She thought that when it died, he died, it was all over. Had God deceived her? Had she gone through the last 35 years in vain? Hadn't the angel promised her that Jesus would sit on the throne of his father David and that his kingdom would have no end? Yet here at the end of his life, the city of Jerusalem had turned against 
But then, say that.
temptation is going to be to want to make people happy. God's not calling you to make people happy. He's calling you to make people ready. Ready to meet Him. We can be assured that all of us will fall short of what God requires. And that all of us will need a Savior who can stand up on my behalf, our behalf and say, My blood has paid the penalty for that one's sin. God is being wrong to charge a double payment. All who follow Jesus Christ by putting their trust and confidence in Him, making Him the most important part of their lives, will indeed have a Savior seated on the throne to declare, this one is mine, both now and for all eternity. I want you to realize that God did not make Mary say yes to his plan for her life. And God will not make us say yes to the plans God has for us. God only tells us the consequences for rejecting them. For the word of God says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. My friends, Mary made the decision to say, I am the Lord's servant. I close with, whose servant are you? Let's pray. Jesus. Yes,